I'm going to divulge some highly sensitive spiritual nuggets. But before we can set the ball rolling into motion, first things first, I'd love to honor and salute each and every person who has devoted a fragment of their time to be under the influence of the sound of my voice. God is about to put a big smile on your face. That much is guaranteed. Many blessings to you all and all will come aboard. The more you amass and assimilate this kind of detail and order in your spirit is the more you get to gear up yourself to cause some serious upsets in the camps of your enemies and consequentially to spring and afflict major disappointments to the devil. There are five principal blessings that God gave each one of us, men and women alike, the moment we were conceived, given birth, to manifest upon this material dimension. And these are to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, to subdue, and to dominate. You get a glimpse of these five when you look into the word of God from the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. The Bible says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I would like to break and divide these five blessings into two groups. The first group is going to contain three of the first elements that we have already explained. And I would like to call this one the productive blessing group. While the other group is going to contain two of the last elements that we have already explained. And I would love to call this one the power blessing group. Now, when you look into the word be fruitful, to be fruitful simply means to be productive. To multiply simply means to be able to increase, while to replenish means to be able to restore. And I've realized that people who are able to operate in these three levels of blessings that God is declared upon each one of us are the people who are able to turn on the other group. I'm talking now about the power blessing group into operation in regards to dimensions of their lives. You can look at it and understand that people who control the productive resources of this world are in turn the people who can easily exercise their dominion and control over other people in other aspects in regards to their operations upon the earthly dimension. The earthly dimension is a battleground. It is a war zone. In other words, I can call it a contested space and there are battles raging on and behind the scenes between human beings and evil spirits. And whenever the enemy fights against your life, the ultimate target is to do with these five principal blessings that we've already outlined.
And each and every time you find yourself under siege, the reason is to preempt your ability to realize and function in the five order of blessings that God has released upon our lives. Any organized battle against your destiny must have well-documented battle plans together with the ranks that are prepared to orchestrate them against your destiny. When you look into the word of God from the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, the Bible says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Looking into this one, you can realize that there are four major forces that are outlined in the Word of God and they can fit in or they can be utilized each and every time by three identities that the enemy can use against you and these can involve what are called fallen angels, demons and ultimately the least expected by us human beings being the proxies of the enemy. We are now talking of human beings used by the devil to instigate attacks against your destiny. Speaking of warfare, it's highly unlikely that you engage against an enemy and prevail, especially if you do not know anything pertaining to their strengths or their weaknesses. You realize that you'll be doomed to fail. The enemy knows about this rule too. When you look into the word of God from the book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. When you lack knowledge, you are operating in a dimension of ignorance, especially in regards to spiritual matters. And automatically, you find it that you are in a dimension where anything pertaining to your life can easily be destroyed. In other words, you also find it that God's covering will no longer be upon your life and His protection will have ceased from operating upon your life the devil he comes to steal to kill and to destroy and most of the times he takes pride in our ignorance he tries as best as possible to operate in a stealth mode we are going to devote much of our time to expose how the devil attacks us and how certain principality operates against our destinies when you look into the book of Exodus, remember it entails the coming out of the Israelites from the captivity of the Egyptians. When you look at chapter 1, from verse 8 to 10, the Bible says, Now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, at least they multiply, and it come to pass that when they falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Verse 10 is of particular interest because from there 
on, you begin to see some steps being put across by the king against the Israelites. So it exposes the wisdom of the devil that he unleashes each and every time that he fights against your progress. When you look into Exodus chapter 1 verse 11, the Bible says, Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. We are going to unmask the first channel that the enemy uses against our destiny. In this one, it is called the channel of oppression. When you find yourself being oppressed, you are in a place of an unjustified or cruel exercise of authority over your life. And when you are being oppressed, you find it that there is something or someone that is weighing you down, especially in regards to your body or to your mind. The ultimate weapon that is employed by satanic forces each and every time when they oppress you are what are called taskmasters. A taskmaster can be a spiritual entity or even a human being who can exercise authority and control over your body functions as well as your mental functions. And when you are under such, you find that you are laboring very hard, but the produce will never benefit your own life. The Bible says that the Israelites, they worked very hard and they built for Pharaoh what were called treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. So most of the times when you are under such, realize that you are operating under somebody's creative dimension. You are operating under somebody's realm of authority altogether. And when you look at it, because the Israelites, they were subjects living in the land of Egypt under the authority and jurisdiction of Pharaoh, you could actually do whatever you felt like doing with them. This applies to many people especially when you wake up each and every morning and you go to work you work very hard simply because you are working under somebody's creative field whatever that you are going to accomplish there most of it will not benefit you but will benefit the taskmaster behind your efforts however when oppression fails to work then the enemy will shift to another level and you introduce what is called suppression. When you are suppressed, you are intentionally excluded from something in order to inhibit you or to prevent you or simply to hold you in check. When a principality is working against you and he has introduced oppression as the order of the day, then that same entity work hand in hand with what are called taskmasters. On another level, when a principality utilizes the weapon of suppression against your purpose, then that entity will work hand in hand with what are called midwives. A midwife can be any person who assists the pregnant in childbirth, making sure that complications they are at a minimum. 
I can't define a midwife as anybody who plays a role in the birth or delivery of ideas that are life-changing, in the opening of greater dimensions in people's lives. He can help you into the production of anything. When you look into the Word of God from the book of Exodus chapter 1 from verse 15 to 16, the Bible says, And the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipra, and the name of the other Puah. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Each time when a principality uses a midwife against your destiny, their best weapon is to kill your seed. When you look at it, Pharaoh instructed the midwives in the land, especially ministering to the Hebrew women, to kill each and every son that was delivered. So, when you look at this one, the demon or the force against your progress is fighting your seed. It fights against your ability to sow a seed, to be able to multiply in the next chapter of your life. And this spirit is so sensitive in that it can read into a coming miracle. And it tries as best as possible to inhibit you from partaking of a forthcoming door, of a forthcoming blessing, especially that is with an ability to change your life altogether. This way, when you look at it, most of the times you can realize that the enemy retains the ability to read into the release of a life-changing anointing. And it tries to strike it before it can actually be birthed into the natural order. The principality that normally works in, in glove with midwives is an ability to anticipate a major anointing before it is released. And it will try the level burst to suppress it before it can be conceived, before it can be delivered at birth. When you look into the word of God, those days when the Hebrew midwives were instructed to kill the Melbourne children of the Israelites were the same days where Moses was supposed to be born. And when you look at it, it is simply because Moses he was born carrying an anointing of deliverance to deliver the rest of the Israelites out of the captivity of Egypt to unleash a new chapter upon their lives and carry them to the promised land. So each and every time such a principality reads into the coming of such an anointing because some of the anointings when they are released they come like a train. They announce their presence and the enemy is able to deduce the sound and is able to know that there is something big that is coming your way. When you look into the word of God especially from the book of Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? 
For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Before many people saw Jesus manifesting, wise men from a distant land were able to read into his coming in. They were able to deduce by observation that there is a major anointing that God is about to release. And they went to Bethlehem and they went to Jerusalem asking questions that where is he that is born king of the Jews. The wise men, when they entered into the territory of Jerusalem, realized that the star was no longer shining. And they made a very fatal mistake that many people make today. Some of you, you entered into that marriage and when you entered, you saw something good about that husband, about that woman. But now that you're already in the journey of your marriage, and you are in a place where you cannot longer interpret the sign that you saw, you can no longer see the sign that you saw in the beginning, you go about asking the wrong people, you know, you know, what is supposed to be done? I'm in this marriage, I'm confused. There is an error in asking people who didn't see what you saw before. When you look into the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. But when you look at it again, superimposing this statement to verse 2 of chapter 2 of the book of Matthew, you understand that there was a difference in the identities that these two personalities were now talking about. Because the wise men, when they entered into the land of Jerusalem, they were asking where the king of the Jews was. Because they saw his star in the east and they were come to worship him. And Herod was able to deduce from that statement because a king is meant to be served but that Christ is meant to be worshipped. So he was able to deduce what they were not able to see in the vision they saw on their own. And the Bible actually says that he inquired from the scribes and he inquired from the chief priests and they told him according to the scriptures where Christ was supposed to be born. The major problem that I've realized, especially in regards to many people pertaining to their marriages, their financial lives, their business lives, is the problem of asking the wrong people. Asking the wrong people. You entered in that business on your own, in that marriage on your own. You saw something good in that man, in that woman. But midway in the course of the journey of your marriage, you are now asking other people, I don't understand, I'm confused about this. This is exactly where most of us eventually find ourselves in error. And when you look at it, you can take a clue from a rod. The clue that was even missing from the wise men, he asked and he inquired from the scriptures. What is the scripture saying about your marriage? You may have a problem right now in that business. And the word of God says that in that moment of casting down, the word of God actually says that you must say that there is a lifting up. It doesn't matter, you may be facing enemies in that business. What is the Bible saying about that situation? The Bible that I read says that he prepares a table 
before you in the presence of your enemies. So there are certain things that we need to inquire more from the word of God rather than inquiring from the wrong set of midwives that we may meet along in this life. When you look into the word of God, the Bible says, especially Matthew chapter 2, verse 8, going downwards, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and Lord, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. All over the course of ministry, when you look especially Jesus' course of ministry, he was always avoiding Jerusalem. He was always avoiding Jerusalem. And eventually when he died, he was crucified in Jerusalem. So when you look at it, he starred. The moment he starred, the moment the wise men saw it, he starred. And they were about to enter into the territory of Jerusalem. The star disappeared. So there are certain territories and people through which you will not be able to understand your life better when you enter into a certain territory, when you enter into a certain company of people. And when you look at it, do not ask around questions, but go and inquire from the word of God. Where is it actually written that is supposed to give me a clue pertaining to this query that I have. And the word of God will reflect into your life by the statements written by the prophets. And you need to begin to look into that rather than articulating into your life the wrong source of information, especially coming from people who actually are against the ultimate manifestation of that thing that God wants you to partake of. From me, Martin Siziva, I believe that this segment has been a blessing to you. You are free to share this message and spread the kingdom of God. This episode has been brought to you, courtesy of Royal Kingdom Embassy. We are located in three centers in Paris, Free States, South Africa, as well as in two centers in Cape Town, Somerset West, as well as Guguletu. Join us every Sunday for worship. For inquiries, please call plus 277-2866-330. Alternatively, you can email prophet.martins1 at gmail.com. Be empowered to experience kingdom life. Mm -hmm.